C. What about a J? A J? S? One S. W. And a W. CJSW 90.9 FM, broadcasting out of Calgary, Alberta, on Treaty 7 land, home to Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Got me straight up, drinking from the barrel, I've been losing hours. Singing sad songs underneath the gallows, running from my shadow. Running from I need my relief, shadow. I need some peace, but the voices, they keep talking to me. And I keep going to meetings, I pray every evening, but I can't escape my disease. Looking at me, staring in the mirror, look at the man, staring back at you. You are your failures, you are your triumphs, you are a prophet, you are an... You are a devil and you are a god. You buy a shovel and bury it all. Think you can purchase your way right out of the void and not end up paying the cost. Lie to yourself, lie to them hell. Whatever helps, forgotten what's real. You think the secrets you keep stay between you and me, but the shadows attached to your heels. Got right. me straight up, drinking from the barrel. I've been losing hours. Singing sad songs underneath the gallows. Running from my shadow. I let it rain through the sunroof. I've been parked out by the waterfront. Been going to war with myself. Reading Sun Tzu, bumping the Carter One. I'm back on day two. Forgot how hard it was staring at me for so long. I forgot who the target was. I thought I was over this. This isn't what sober is. What kind of dad would hold their kids? Then go back out and ignore the risk. The shadow wants me to forget the pain. Wants me to live in the guilt and the shame. So much that I have no choice but to dump in the drugs or blow up my brain. The shadow, it wants me too busy. It wants me keep drifting. It wants me to give in the fame. It wants me forgetting that I got an illness that lives in my spirit in different ways. Shadow, the light. They can but blind, got different names. If it's too dark, if it's too bright, it can still burn you with different flames. And I don't owe them an iota. Tell my mama I'ma die sober. Yeah, I might be bipolar. I should write an album out in Wyoming. Low bottom, I'm a high roller. Go full throttle, got no chauffeur. Got two voices on both shoulders, but I keep swinging to the got fight. Got straight up, drinking from the barrel. I've been losing hours. 
singing sad songs underneath the gallows, running from my shadow. Hello, hello, good morning and happy Thursday. My name is Marley Gillies. I am the Students Union VP External. If you've listened in before at this time a couple weeks ago, I have an SU advocacy show where I just get to talk about my job and everything exciting that I'm doing. So um, I got some pretty important news and uh, things to share with you all today. But before I start, I'd like to acknowledge the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta comprising of the Siksika, Pekani, and Kainai First Nations, as well as the Stony Nakoda and Wesley First Nations. The City of Calgary is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta Region 3. The CJSW studio is located on the University of Calgary campus, which is where I'm coming to you from this morning. So like I mentioned, I've got some important things to share with you. I promise that especially if you live in Calgary, this is something that you should absolutely care about. It is so important that I brought Mike in today to talk with me about it. Mike, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, yeah. My name's Mike, as Marley already said, and I'm the uh, external communications and advocacy person for the SU. Um, so I handle everything political, everything advocacy, and work pretty closely with, with Marley. And Marley's right. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is incredibly important, especially if you live in Calgary. Yeah, absolutely. I could not do my job without you, Mike. So I'm very grateful for the hard work that you do so that we can do our advocacy um, as effectively as possible and make sure we're representing students to all three levels of government um, and to university administration. But uh, today we have an issue that directly uh, involves the municipal government, specifically the municipal election coming up in the fall. Um, it was announced by Elections Calgary that they will not be holding the vote anywhere advanced vote stations ahead of the municipal election in October. Mike, tell us what is a vote anywhere station? Uh, well, this was something that was done in the 2017 municipal election. So uh, any Calgarian could go to a vote anywhere station. They were open throughout the advance polls a couple weeks ahead of the actual election day. Uh, and any Calgarian could go there and cast their ballot at their convenience. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of post-secondary campuses had uh, these advance uh, vote anywhere stations. Uh, and Elections Calgary, for a variety of reasons that, uh, that Marley and I will get into, is not running those again for this 2021 election. Uh, yeah. So we're very disappointed about that, and we're very concerned that that's going to depress turnout overall, but especially among post-secondary students. Yeah, absolutely. So if I was a student studying at the University of Calgary, and I lived in Ward 1, I could still vote here on campus, even though it's in Ward 7, um, and I could still cast my ballot for where my home address is. That's right, yeah. yeah. So it, it's a matter of convenience, and... You know, it really makes sense that in this day and age, voting gets easier and not more difficult, Absolutely. regardless of whether you're a student or mm -hmm. whatever background you come from. We should be making it as easy as possible to cast your ballot. Yeah, so it's about 
convenience, and I know we talked a lot about, too, that accessibility piece um, where, you know, voter turnout is something that we're looking at among youth and how can we increase it and make sure that these elections are more accessible rather than taking that step backwards. I know the Vote Anywhere stations were available in 2017 in the municipal election and also in 2019 for the provincial election. So this is something that the campus culture is used to doing. Students have done this before. Um, Anyone that's around or near the university has probably cast their ballot in these stations as well. So not having this is that huge step backwards. Also, the advanced votes from 2017 had more than tripled from the previous election. Is that right, Mike? That's right, yeah. I think it's nearly 75,000 Calgarians cast their vote in the Mm -hmm. advance poll period, and about 5,000 of those votes were on post-secondary campuses. So it's it's used significantly, uh, so it's a big loss to see that uh, disappear for Calgarians overall. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that upward trend that we saw in 2017 would increase this year too. We'd likely see more people voting in advance polling, which is great to see, but not having those vote anywhere stations, I know, will probably limit that uh, upward trend for sure. Yeah, and this is a a big election. I mean, there's going to be a new mayor, there's going to be at least nine new councillors, and there's going to be a lot more on the ballot. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's going to be a referendum on equalization, a a plebiscite on fluoride, and potentially, I think the the Premier's up right now talking about more uh, referenda that are going to come out in this municipal election. So you're talking about six, seven, eight ballots. Losing count here trying to figure out (laughs) how poli-sci major, like even I'm confused as to what's going on, what all these ballot means. And then there's like 20 mayoral candidates at this point. So not only is there a lot of ballots, but there's also a lot of noise and candidates that are competing for that attention. And so not even just students, I think everybody's going to be confused at this point. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about 20 mayoral candidates as well. Uh, And, you know, a lot of uh, students, this might be the first election they're voting in. This might be the first time they're going to the polls. And doing it on campus um, will allow them to to sort through that a little bit easier, get to the polls easier, and figure out who they're going to support. Um, No one wants to tell them who to vote for, but we want to make it as easy as possible for them to be able to get to the polls and vote anywhere on campus does exactly that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where us as student leaders come in. So, you know, we take on the responsibility of informing students that this election is happening, make sure they have a nonpartisan educated sort of awareness um, as to what the ballots are going to mean, what their responsibility is in their job and to feel like they are empowered and want to actually go to the polls and uh, cast a vote. So this is something that the Calgary Student Alliance has uh, championed recently when we found out that this decision was made by Elections Calgary. We obviously wanted to take this on. The Calgary Student Alliance is made up of student associations and student leaders from all major post-secondary institutions in the city. So this is the University of Calgary, this is SATE Student Union, this is um, Mount Royal University, Athabasca University, um, who am I missing? Alberta University of the Arts, um, Ambrose Student Council. I think that's mostly everyone. But we're talking about 90,000 students who are represented by these student associations. It's not an insignificant number. Mm-hmm. And across all of these campuses, whether they're universities, colleges, technical institutions, yeah. uh, they all understood what a huge loss this is for voter accessibility. Yeah, and I think that's what amazes me the most. I've been the chair of the Calgary Student Alliance. This is my second year. And 
largely this body is just, you know, information gathering. We share as student leaders, you know, what we're working on, what our best practices is. And there is some overlap, but mostly we all have different priorities. Some of us are big universities, research universities. Some of us are polytechnics or colleges or entirely online universities. So there's not a lot that we do agree on. So the fact that this is something that all of us can come together and emphatically agree on together like means a lot to me at least being the chair and trying to push this issue forward for all students in Calgary. Mm -hmm. And in terms of uh, maybe some background on this, uh, City Council was actually surprised by this move. So back on June 21st, the returning officer who organizes the elections for for the City of Calgary uh, came to Council and she told Council that they aren't going to do these vote anywhere stations. And um, watching the video, Marinenci was quite surprised mm-hmm. um, to the point where council put forward a motion and it passed uh, calling on Elections Calgary to uh, to return these vote anywhere stations. Um, so now you've got council, you've got 90,000 uh, post-secondary students calling for it as well. We haven't heard back from Elections Calgary if they're going to change course, but I'm not sure what it's going to take. I mean, if, if council and 90,000 students isn't enough, uh, I don't know what it's going to take for them to take notice. Yeah, absolutely. And I it, I don't know if, um, if anybody had a chance to see, but on Tuesday, the Calgary Student Alliance did a press conference outside of City Hall. We had Councillor Evan Woolley join us as well to sort of broadcast this issue and take our stance and make sure that everybody was aware that this is something that's going on and it's something that we're advocating for and fighting for and the uptake was pretty impressive. Lots of people on Twitter just agreeing with us and supporting um, sort of our mission to make sure that these vote anywhere advanced vote stations end up on our campuses. Yeah, I mean, it was impressive uptake and Im- impressive support that uh, I think we drew from this event. Um, but that being said, the the fight for this isn't over. Like mm-hmm. I said, we haven't heard from Elections Calgary yet as, t- as to whether they're going to reverse course. Um, so we really need people to keep the pressure on. Um, normally, I'd say call your city councillor, but city council is on yeah. side. Um, so, you know, call Elections Calgary, yeah. uh, reason with them, talk to them about why this is important, especially if you're a post-secondary student. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the Calgary Student Alliance and just student leaders in Calgary in general are sort of looking at the next steps and how we can keep pushing this advocacy forward. So if you're a student or if you live around a campus and you've used these polling stations before, reach out to us, let us know. Having that personal touch and those personal stories, um, I've heard from students who are studying full-time, who also have a full-time job and are caring for a family or for loved ones. And it's not about convenience at that point. It's about accessibility and the difference between being able to vote in this election and not being able to vote in this election. So um, absolutely reach out to, you know, whoever your student leaders are at the campus that you're studying at and uh, and let them know your thoughts so we can keep pushing this issue forward. Yeah. And, you know, Marley, I, you know, Elections Calgary, we were able to meet with them mm-hmm. um, yeah. and they provided us a number of uh, of reasons as to why they were taking this big step backwards in terms yeah. of voter accessibility. And I, I don't know if you agree here, but none of them resonated with me. None of those reasons no. made sense. It just seemed like it was something they didn't want to do, and they were coming up with reasons after the fact to, to justify that, that yeah. stance. Good call. So, yeah, let's talk about why they actually made this decision. Um, 
So one of the first reasons that they cited in our meeting with Elections Calgary and also to City Council in their presentation was, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, They had stated that having these polling stations sort of encourages that large number of people gathering, um, which, like you said, Mike, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Our campuses are huge spaces. They're meant to facilitate a lot of people. And if it's safe for students to return to classes in person, it should absolutely be safe for them to return to the polls and to cast a vote. Absolutely. And I think that that's a, a strong argument. We we are comfortable with students returning to campus. Um, and, and that should mean that we are able to uh, get back to some semblance of normal, which would include, you know, hosting uh, election-related events, whether those absolutely. are debates, forums, or yeah. allowing people to vote on campus. Yeah, absolutely. And one of my issues, too, with the whole thing is a lot of these, their reasons would be solved if they, you know, reached out to us as student associations or to the university administration. And I know we would be more than happy to help, um, to help accommodate, you know, what a socially distanced or a safe voting experience looks like at the end of October. I know case numbers are going down and, and vaccines are going up. So, you know, how realistically can we make sure that, you know, we're following following the public health orders if there are any at that time? Yeah. And I mean, it, it just seems like it's an issue of partnership. We can mm-hmm. help them um, administer an election that is socially distant, but we can also help them in other things that they said. They talked about parking and accessibility yeah. to the polling stations if they're on campuses. And and to me, that's just a logistics issue that you can work with university administration or uh, student associations to resolve. Like it, it doesn't really hold a lot of water in my view. Yeah, absolutely. And I know one of the other ones was ballot supply. And I mean, Fair enough, the vote anywhere stations are confusing because you're having students or people from all over the city come to that polling station. So you're going to have to have ballots available from all of the wards. Um, But that's just a logistics and an organization issue that has been done before. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, let's keep that in mind. This isn't brand new. We're not asking for something that hasn't existed before. This is something that's existed in the last two elections, one municipal, one provincial at Mm -hmm. least. Um, so this isn't new. They have defeated these logistics challenges before. So let's do it again. If they need support from student associations and from universities, let's do that. Let's take that maybe more difficult path rather than take the path that leads to reduced voter accessibility. Yeah. So all of the reasons that they provided, I feel like we've found a reasonable um, way around them for sure. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, some of the other reasons, um, you know, they said last time around, most voters voted in their wards. And, yeah. and, and you know, that's true, but that totally misses the point. It does. Um, you know, it, people vote in advance out of convenience. Some people like to vote on election day at their community school or community association. Um, and, and that's all well and good. But we need to give people more opportunity to go and cast their ballot instead yeah. of less. And I think the difference is, and I was able to say this to the chief returning officer in our meeting, but the difference is, you know, we're looking at the people, the students who wouldn't otherwise vote, where this is their opportunity and not having these vote anywhere polling stations takes away that opportunity. So Elections Calgary is doing some really great things. They're having more voting stations across the city and they're increasing their hours and they're also increasing the voting, the advanced voting period, which is all really great things. But it makes it more accessible, the election more accessible to people who were already planning on voting. 
I know, Mike, that we're advocating for the people who otherwise wouldn't or felt like this is something that they couldn't participate in um, because it's sort of so far away from them. It's it's such a reach. Um, so having it on campus brings it closer. It makes it a part of the campus conversation. And as student leaders who, you know, were running a massive get out the vote campaign and trying to encourage students and tell them that this is something they should be participating in, it makes that end of it a lot easier um, and, and way more attainable for students to actually be a part of. Absolutely. And I think I should mention this isn't about special treatment for, no. for students. Uh, anyone could come to these Vote Anywhere stations and vote. Mm-hmm. Students, faculty, staff, uh, and people in the surrounding communities. Any Calgarian could come and access this. And I think it's just good policy to uh, show that you want to encourage people to vote. Yeah. One thing that Councillor Woolley said at our news conference on Tuesday uh, was that um, people are um, they're they're interested in voting and we have to meet them where they are. And I thought that that was a, a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be intimidating, especially for a first-time voter. Um, and Councillor Woolley said, well, let's let's go to campuses. Let's make it more accessible. Yeah. Um, we don't need to put up barriers to participation. And this is one that Elections Calgary is putting up. Yeah, and I guess that's one of the reasons why I'm so disappointed with the decision is that, you know, it's Elections Calgary... J- job to make sure that this election is accessible for all Calgarians. And this is such a huge population of people that are asking for this, um, that would use it and would really benefit from it. So it's a huge backward step. Um, and sort of what's being done isn't enough. The, the Vote Anywhere stations is really the only thing that can solve this issue that we're faced with. Absolutely. Um, one of the, the shocking things that I, I remember uh, the returning officer saying, I think, when she spoke to council, was that Elections Calgary doesn't actually set a target to try and improve mm-hmm. or increase voter turnout. So their their organization isn't really interested in in improving turnout. It's not a metric. Uh, and that shocked Councillor Woolley, actually. He, <laughs> he was very surprised. Like He had one poll in the, the west part of his, his ward. He's uh, kind of the downtown or inner city councillor that had 19% turnout. And that 19% turnout, it, it's a, a, a polling division where there were a lot of students, a lot of young people. So he wants to do everything he can to increase that turnout. Yeah. And I think it makes sense for our institutions to do the same. Yeah, and I wanted to pick up on a point that you mentioned earlier, Mike, about you know Councillor Woolley saying to meet people where they're at. And I know Elections Calgary has polling stations in senior homes or even homeless shelters so that... We literally are meeting people where they're at. So do you not see this as sort of a similar issue and making sure that it's accessible and attainable for all populations? Absolutely. Um, I I mean, I think that there are several uh, subsections of our population that we should be trying to engage uh, a little bit more to to vote. Uh, We do that with uh, people who are homeless. We do that with seniors and rightfully so. But I don't feel like we need to stop there. I think that there's much more that we can do uh, for students, for maybe new immigrants, for other groups, uh, that we can do a better job of engaging. And that's all this is. This is about engaging people, meeting them where they are, and supporting them to vote. Yeah, and I I get that there's obstacles. I mean, that's what their their reasons sort of outline. But it's they're not barriers. They're things that 
can be overcome um, because these polling stations were successful in 2017. Um, and it's what students and the campus community is used to. So not having them will be sort of a huge shock and it will be a lot more difficult to try and redirect people and figure out sort of what this means for their voting process now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, keep in mind the, the city of Calgary um, and elections Calgary is a, a subsidiary of them. It's a $4 billion, yeah. I mean, not a corporation, but it's a $4 billion organization. Right. Talking about issues around printing ballots, it, it sounds so ridiculous it to does. me. If there was a will to get around that, they would get around that. But it's just, they. I, I feel like there's a a lack of, of interest in doing this again. And they're, they're just struggling to find an actual reason. If there was a good reason not to do it, we could understand that, but all of these can be easily overcome uh, with planning and partnership. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Mike, and it's why this issue is so frustrating to me. I mean, I see a clear path forward. I see a path where students are easily able to vote. And like, I just keep going back to that issue where the, there's going to be six, seven, maybe even more. I can't wait to see the announcement, but um, ballots and having that already being a really daunting experience for students um, who want to get engaged, but maybe don't have all the information to or don't know how. Um, and that's sort of our responsibility as student associations and not having these vote anywhere polling stations makes it that much harder. Students turnout is already low and this decision will make it even lower. And that's really, really concerning to me. Yeah, it, it's very disappointing. Um, and we're going to see a drop in uh, in turnout among young people, especially. Yeah. Uh, and in an election as important as this, as this yeah. uh, where there are so many vacant seats, that's, that's a big challenge. Uh, and we need to get students, get young people to vote once they turn 18. Like you sort of... You get them hooked. They vote once, yeah. they keep on voting. Well, absolutely. And and this year is so important than any other year because we are going to have like two years of students joining us on campus for the first time. We have our second years coming in to campus. They've been studying online from home wherever they've been. Maybe this is their first time coming to Calgary or moving out of their houses, coming to study on our campus plus the regular wave of first years. So we have this two years of students that have never voted in an election before come to campus, which is supposed to be, you know, where they can access everything. Um, And not being able to do that, I don't even know if any of them will feel sort of empowered enough to actually participate in something like this. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I I recognize U of C is a a commuter school, a lot of... um you know, high school students from Calgary stay in Calgary, go to U of C. Mm-hmm. Um, but there might be a lot of students or there will be a lot of students who have never been to Calgary before. Absolutely. They might be living in, in residence or housing around campus. And as first-time Calgarians or new Calgarians, they we need to make it accessible for them as well. So not only will we not have the vote anywhere, advanced polling stations, but campuses may not even have polling stations at all. Yes, yeah, that was surprising to hear out yeah. of our meeting as well. Um, you know, we thought uh, that there would at least be an election day polling station on campus, mm-hmm. but that may not be the case. Yeah. So that means students in residence are actually going to have to leave campus uh, <laughs> and go to a community school, community hall, that sort of thing to go and cast their vote. So there's one more sort of layer of of accessibility that that's totally gone now. Yeah, absolutely. It's not even just about the advance vote anymore. It's about election day and not having a polling station here means the students that are here that spend 10, 12 hours on campus 
live on campus or live in the surrounding area won't be able to come here to vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I think to one final comment maybe is that I think that the way that we administer our elections, the way that we get people to vote, shouldn't be vote shouldn't be based on what most people do. Yeah. We should always be looking for a way to improve, to build, to support those who might be uh, left behind by how voting is administered. So Absolutely. Let's think, let's think a little bit outside the <laughs> box here and try and engage more people rather than yeah. fewer. The thing is, it's not even outside the box. It's been done before. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> And true. it's worked. Yeah. So I, I totally agree that, you know, we want to look for ways to increase student turnout and turnout overall. And the Vote Anywhere polling stations do exactly that. So, um, yeah, obviously a big issue and something that is so, so important to all students in Calgary right now. Mike, any idea? Like, I'm trying to think, what's what's the next steps here? The election's coming up quick. Um, there's lots of noise about all of these candidates and all of these referendums. What can we do? Well, I mean... It- it, it's going to be an exciting election. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of people might not believe me. I'm a nerd for this stuff. <laughs> so, <too>. like, <laughs> uh, but it, but it is. I mean, council is turning over. This is the first time there have been like nine or ten seats they're turning over since the ward system came in in like 1977. Like, this is the the largest turnover we've had. Uh, so, I mean, regardless of of whether we're successful in getting these vote anywhere stations back. Go and vote. This is a, yeah. a big election. It will matter. Um, I, I I was pleased to hear that Councillor Woolley is going to explore this issue a little bit more and, and maybe take something to council. We've still got to mm-hmm. uh, sort that out and, and see where that goes. Uh, but as far as the UFCSU and the Calgary Student Alliance, our advocacy on this isn't done. We will no. we will keep going. Um, until we get these these stations back or Elections Calgary provides us a reason that actually holds water. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's an issue that I know we'll still keep on top of for sure. And regardless of what happens, I know we will still be running our Get Out the Vote campaign, making sure that students know that this is happening, know what all the different ballots mean and feel like this is something they want to and that they can participate in. I know we're still planning on hosting a mayoral forum here on campus with the university and with the Graduate Student Association. And the Calgary Student Alliance is supporting all of our student associations, regardless of what institution you attend, um, that there will be awareness about this election. And like Mike said, vote. Um, I hope it's going to be on your campus. Um, but regardless, there, there will be places for you to do so. Yeah, so that's that basically covers it. I I know it's something that I care a lot about, um, and I hope you do too. So tell us what you think. If you're a student studying at a campus in Calgary, or if you know a student, or if you're somebody that lives in the surrounding area and would potentially cast your ballot on these polling stations, reach out to us. Um, we have the Students' Union at the University of Calgary on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or you can reach out to me personally on all of those platforms as well. My name is Marley Gillies. Um, We'll break now for a bit of music, and I'm so excited that after this, I have my vice president academic joining me um, to tell us what he's been up to this year, and it's some really good stuff. So we'll be right back. When do you come out to play? Cause if the Lord is gonna find me, he better start looking today. 
Well, I spent the weekend setting traps in the road I should have built, calling out my eye wheels. You'll never guess what baby did was she got home.
questions you don't want answers to. You don't like my direction.
music. So that was a little music break, a couple of songs that I really like. The first one was called Bison Hedges from Fun and their album Aim and Ignite. The song after that was Alibi from Bradley Cooper. And the one you just heard was called Hello Again from The Cars and their album Drive. So if you missed it before, we were talking about uh, the upcoming municipal election and uh, the Vote Anywhere campus voting stations that uh, aren't happening as of now. So some really important stuff. If you missed it, I encourage you to go back online, cgsw.com. You can hear the whole episode there. But now I am so, so excited. I have my vice president academic here with me. Renzo, tell us about yourself. Introduce us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me here today, Marley. Um, my name's Renzo. I'm your new VP academic here at the Students' Union. Um, a little bit m- about myself. I am going to be going into my fourth year of a political nice. science and economics <laughs> degree. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just incredibly excited to get the ball the ball rolling and, and start the year off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good choice on the poli side degree. Not sure about the economic <laughs> side of things, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Nice. And so how is the start of your term going so far? What's your what's your favorite part? Yeah, so the start of my term has been going very well so far. It's been incredibly busy, um, but we have an incredibly strong executive team and a group of very well capable elected officials. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really enjoyed working with all of the supportive staff and they've really made the transition incredibly efficient and pain free. Yeah. Um, Obviously, having come into the position with no previous SU experience, um, I didn't entirely know what to expect. But um, I've truly enjoyed every minute of it so far, and I can't wait to see everything that our team accomplishes over the coming year. Yeah, absolutely. I think, Renzo, you and I are the opposite. I had probably too much SU experience coming into this. <laughs> and uh, So what's, what's that been like, having you know come into a new organization as a VP, not even just as a faculty representative, but now having your own huge portfolio? Yeah, so it is what I like to... It's like the best crash course you could possibly <laughs> get because I, I thought I knew what the VP academic portfolio was and I, I had a pretty good idea but once yeah. you actually and on the inside you realize how complex the organization Absolutely. is and you know you have responsibilities even outside of your portfolio as, as an executive um, yeah. but I would really encourage anyone who's interested in student politics um, it's it's totally worth it to run in we, yeah. we need more um, strong student leaders, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm totally biased, but uh, I agree. It has <laughs> totally transformed my university experience and uh, followed along my studies really nicely as well. I know studying politics and, and being vice president external goes really well together. But I think it's regardless of match. your yeah, <laughs> regardless of your degree, I think it's such a, a nice opportunity to be able to experience things on the other side um, and not just going to your classes and going home, but being able to meet people um, and figure out, you know, all the complexities of the student experience. Um, but for those of us who don't know, and I don't even know if I have the best clue, what the heck does the VP academic do? It's an amazing question. Um, So the VP academic represents all 26,000 undergrad students at the university, essentially by maintaining an awareness of the academic issues at the university. Um, I know it sort of sounds a little bit boring, but it's it's important (laughs) nonetheless. Um, It basically includes issues related to teaching and learning and, you know, uh, student rights, program quality, um, a new and innovative thing that we're working on as, as VP academics across the province is open educational resources. 
Um, and so it's it's my role to represent students' um, interests on all of these matters. Um, I have a seat on General Faculties Council, Absolutely. which for those that don't know is the highest academic governing body at the university in which we deliberate those issues. Um, I also chair the annual Teaching Excellence Awards, which is SU-specific, and it's a really great program where we honor um, professors and academic staff across the university, and it's a student-led award, so we know professors really appreciate that, and it's really good to, to honor those who really go above and beyond um, in that capacity. Yeah, um, no doubt. And then, yeah, I, I also chair the um, annual undergraduate research symposium. So part of my job is um, making sure that we follow the eyes high strategy in promoting research on campus and ensuring that students have access to those opportunities um, so that we can become one of the best uh, research institutions in the country. Yeah, you're a really busy guy. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I stand by that the vice president external portfolio is by far the best. But even I have to admit that... VP Academic is so, so important right now, especially with online classes and now this transition back. But um, what inspired you to run for the position? How did you end up here? That's a great question. Um, well, a, a little bit of background. I actually ran for president in, in my first right. year at the university. And um, it, it was one hell of an experience, <laughs> that's for sure. Obviously, didn't go um, as I would have liked. And, you know, thank goodness that would have been a disaster. <laughs> um, but throughout my second and third years, I was really thinking of, you know, I, I still wanted to be involved, but I needed to find my niche of where I would fit mm -hmm. within the students union. And just throughout conversations with peers and other students, um, I thought that the VP academic position was the position that I could make the most difference in. Um, we know all students come to the university for very different reasons. Yeah. But at the end of the day, one thing that we all come for is to pursue an education. Absolutely. And so yeah. being in a position where I can remove some of the academic barriers and help students be successful is um, incredibly important to me. That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad you're here and to have the chance to work with you this year. I know our por portfolios don't overlap a ton, but... Uh, <laughs> Not too much. Yeah, but uh, things like open educational resources, like you mentioned, is something that you know the government plays a part in and mm -hmm. then I can play a part in too to help support you in that mission. But... Um, I know you talked a little bit about what you've been doing already, but what has been taking up the most of your time during our first few months in the job? Yeah, so the, the first few months are really heavy on the planning side of things, um, you know, trying to turn our platform goals into concrete and sort of reasonable plans of how we can achieve them. So I've been doing a lot of research for that. Um, but some of the immediate projects that I've been working on have really been advocacy-centered. Firstly, with regards to the university's return to campus plan, and then secondly, with the new CG credit option that the university has finally passed. What is CG? Tell us, because <laughs> I know it's changed names several times. What does that mean? Yeah, so it, it used to be called the CR credit option. Right, now yeah. it's called CG. CG stands for uh, credit granted. Um, and I guess just to provide a bit of background, um, the, the university has passed this accommodation for students in which students will be able to take nine units throughout their undergraduate degree without an impact to their GPA. Mm -hmm. um, we know as of right now that, that this accommodation will be available for the fall and winter semesters. And there will be restrictions that um, kind of defer from faculty to faculty. So, you know, at the SU, we're incredibly happy that this has finally come into fruition. It's something that has been advocated for um, from, from beyond my term. It, it started yeah. really over a year ago. So we're really happy to see this. But, of course, with, with the restrictions and we 
with other things, we, we still have questions and we, we caution students um, when they're looking at applying for this accommodation mm-hmm. um, for the fall or even beyond um, to, to really take a look and, you know, look at the details if a class is um, restricted against yeah, using CG. that makes run. sense. Because um, it's important that all students have the necessary information, right? Yeah. So I, I know it's a bit more complicated than this and there's still a lot of unanswered questions, but students are studying, maybe they have five classes um, and one of them is just really difficult. Um, there's a lot of work to keep up with and their grade at the end of the day isn't as good as they wanted it to be. They still pass the course, um, but it's bringing down their GPA. They can apply for the CG option and have it just labeled on their transcript as credit. And then that way, their low letter grade doesn't affect their GPA. Is that basically what it is? Yeah, yeah. That's okay, actually that, that's a great way of understanding it. Yeah, and you know, it's it's a it's an alternative to um, the the withdrawal option that students Absolutely. opted for in the yeah. past. Um, obviously, with CG, it doesn't impact GPA. Um, so really, it's 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 I don't want to call it a get out of jail free card because it, it really isn't that, but it's it's a nice accommodation that, that supports student wellness. And yeah, it provides that. that sort of comfort. You know, if you're struggling during your semester, I know students pack on the course load, um, and I know this was something that was introduced because of COVID mm-hmm. um, and because of the shift to online classes. Some students just really couldn't make that shift as easily as others could. Um, and so having that choice really made it easier for students to devote themselves to, you know, the three or four classes that were going really, really well, mm-hmm. upkeep that last one, but not have to fear about, you know, their GPA dropping dramatically, you know, if they're looking to get into grad school or to further their education. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there's complications around it, like you mentioned, and we'll get sort of clarity uh, coming into the fall semester, but I think it's so great in helping accommodate, you know, all types of students. Um, maybe Absolutely. they learn best online. Maybe they learn best in person. Um, I think it's just it's so beneficial, and I'm excited. I think we are one of the first institutions to have this going forward long term. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we saw uptake from a lot of institutions, as you mentioned, over COVID, um, sort of as a temporary policy. But yeah. there are only a couple other institutions across Canada that have sort of adopted this as a long term permanent option. So um, it's it's great very to exciting. see that the university is taking this position. Yeah, very exciting. So um, if you're a student or if you know a student, Look out for that in the fall semester um, and going forward in your degree. It's a great option. Um, but like Renzo mentioned, you know, be careful. Make sure you're asking the right questions. Um, there's going to be some classes that don't apply. Um, and you want to make sure that uh, it's all in order for um, your degree and for mm-hmm. all of your classes. But uh, that's very exciting. And I know, Renzo, that's taken up a huge bulk of your time. Um, what else is going on? I know the return to campus is going to be... Uh, a bit insane. <laughs> What's that been like? Being Politely, a part of those, yeah. Uh, yeah, being a part of those conversations must be really, really interesting. Yeah. So there's there's certainly been a lot of buzz around the return to campus, and obviously we know some students are extremely excited to be back, and others are you know feeling a bit more hesitant or mm-hmm. even scared. And so um, what we've been prioritizing is throughout our advocacy efforts is making sure that the return to campus is first and foremost safe. Yeah. Um, 
In addition to this, um, you know, we, we need to make sure that accommodations are more accessible. We, we recognize that there's international students or other students that might not be able to make it to campus. So throughout our conversations with university admin and other stakeholders, uh, one thing we've emphasized is that flexibility is, is key and that it's not okay to tell a student, you know, you have to put off your degree for a year because you can't be present on campus. We right. just think that that's unacceptable. So. Uh, those conversations are ongoing. We will continue to, to put up a fight in this regard and make sure that, you know, um, that, that all students have reasonable access and accommodations to be able to take their classes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's coming up so quickly. I can't believe it's already July 15th. And, and we've got about a month left until, you know, students are moving into residence. Um, block yeah. week classes are, are starting and, uh, it, that's insane. So mm-hmm. have you heard from students? Like what, what sort of the vibe? What are people saying? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I, I really think that the majority of students are, for the most part, excited to get back to campus. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, I think that there are some that are, you know, still moving forward with caution, which is, is only fair. I think we've, you know, been in sort of a bubble over the last yeah, no year doubt. and a half. So the transition back will be... Um, you know, uncomfortable, and that that's that's totally okay. We we just need to make sure that it's it's safe, um, and and that all students feel um, that they are looked after. Yeah, absolutely. And I, do we have any specifics? Like, because it's coming up so quick, what does you know study space is going to look like? Um, residents, you know, maybe the the gym facilities. Do we have any answers? Yeah, so I, I can speak to study spaces first. One thing with study spaces we've recognized is that, you know, with more classes being online in the fall than in a traditional academic year, um, there will be there will need to be more study spaces for students that are on campus but may have one or two classes right. that they have to take online. For sure. Um, so the university has said that they're looking into sort of designated areas where students are able to take these classes in advance of the already existing study areas. And, you know, that's something we're going to be continuing to push for. Um, uh, to, to answer your question about res, I, I haven't had any... Um, concrete details explains uh for res yet so yeah um, soon as we do have more information on that um the students union as always will do our best to communicate that to students yeah no doubt and i know that's something our vice president student life Assad, is keeping up with closely as well mm-hmm. making sure we have answers for those students who are are moving here um yeah. which is is very exciting but Super yeah exciting. A, a little bit of a, of a scary experience um oh, yeah, and sure. uh, a lot of unanswered questions but um I know you are doing great work making sure that we have those answers. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we only have a couple minutes left, but I really want to talk to you about open educational resources. I know you are just as excited about them as I am. So <laughs> what? first of all, tell us what open educational resources even are. Yeah, so open educational resources are the thing I'm most excited to talk <laughs> about at any time of day. Um, <laughs> Open educational resources are educational materials, including textbooks, videos, and even entire courses that have an open license that is granted by their creator. Right. Um, What this means is that they can be used by others, redistributed, and changed. so So they're really an incredibly innovative tool for professors to adopt into their classrooms. Um, perhaps most importantly, they are free or have a relatively low cost associated yeah. with them. So they address some of the financial burden that students have been facing with the high cost of education. 
And I see this as an incredibly um, important time to promote these on campus with mm-hmm. tuition increases over the last year, with the lack of summer employment opportunities yeah. um, due to a very unstable economy. Um, I think within the VP academic role, um, promoting these on campus and you know creating awareness of existing resources that already exist is an incredible opportunity to um, to promote accessibility for for all students on campus. Yeah. You know, we hear students complaining um, and raising concern that they, they sometimes have to choose between paying rent or buying a textbook, buying a textbook. between it's insane. putting food on the table or buying a textbook. And yeah. those are, you know, decisions that shouldn't have to be made by, by anyone. No, absolutely. I mean, students are paying hundreds of dollars a semester for their textbooks. Um, and this is just not accessible or affordable mm. for, for many students. And you really touch on an important point about the tuition increases. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, students are expected to be paying more and more. And uh, there isn't, yeah, without <laughs> jobs. That's, <laughs> that was going to be the second part of my sentence was without having more access to mm-hmm. employment or just financial aid as well. So um, I know it's something that you and I will be able to work on a lot this year. I'm so excited to raise more awareness about OERs and figure out, you know, how we can make sure students are being able to use these really great resources um, and how we can start that shift away from, you know, the traditional textbooks that are updated and are honestly out of date the moment that they're printed. Um, And so OERs are just a way, way better alternative. So I'm really excited about the projects that you have on the table. Um, I know that...